open line. You're on the air. Hello. Hello, Art. Yes. Hi. Um, I, 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 I don't have a whole lot of uh, time. Um, well, look, let's begin yeah. by finding out whether you're using this line properly or not. Uh, area, area 51. Yeah, um, that's right. Were you an employee or are you now? I, a former employee. Former um, employee. I, I, I was let go on a medical discharge about a week ago, and and <laughs> I, I've kind of been running a, across the country. Um, oh man, I don't know where to start. They're uh, they're, they're gonna um, they'll triangulate on this position really, really soon. So um, you can't spend a lot of time on the phone. So give us something quick. Okay. Um. Um. Okay, what what we're thinking of as as aliens are they're uh, they're they're extra dimensional beings that an earlier precursor of the um, space program made contact with. Uh, they they are not what they claim to be. Uh, they have infiltrated a lot of uh, uh, a lot of aspects of, of of the military establishment, particularly the Area 51. Uh, the, the disasters that are coming. They, the, the military. I'm sorry. The, the government knows about them, and. There's a lot of safe areas in this world that they could begin moving the population to now, Art. But they're not doing, they're not doing anything. They are not. They want the major population centers wiped out so that the, the few that are left will be more easily controllable. Discharge. Uh, Hey, all right. All right, guys. Sorry, Facebook. Senor Trejo, look at the camera. Everybody, what's up, guys? Shout oh, out yeah. to all four of you. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! We are we officially are good, guys. You guys know how fucking stressed out I was right now, dude. I could not get anything to fucking record. The fucking computer wanted to restart. At first, it was all fun and games, and then fuck, man. Yeah, we got yeah. Yeah, I got super stressed out. So, guys. I apologize for this, but this might be a perfect episode for this fucking shit to happen because this is the official <laughs> Area 51 episode. They don't want you to hear it. And Art, I'm breathing so hard right now because I am so pissed off, dude. I turned in the goddamn Hulk. When shit don't work right, fucking Jacob gets mad. But Art, he I believe he was the first one to show me. I think I heard it on a Tool uh, album. But wasn't there a Coast to Coast AM uh, yeah, coast to coast with Art Bell. Yeah, the yeah. phone call. Um, I'm not sure who who it was. I don't know if it was actually like Bob Lazar that they were pretending to be, or if it was actually someone like that. But mm-hmm. they uh, they call um, coast to coast, and basically they um, 
they say that you know there's there's extraterrestrial beings that walk amongst us and we should be like preparing society for this invasion that we're going to go through and um all of a sudden the phone call starts getting distorted and breaks up and mm-hmm. their entire station goes down yep so like I don't know if that's what you're referring that's to. What they, that's, that's exactly what just happened. What, that's what that, just happened to us. Fuck. That's literally, yeah. it just happened. So I've done like a week's worth of research. And I was like, oh, man, this is going so well. I'm, find, I'm finding out all this cool shit about like, you know, this Area 51 or Groom Lake or what it's called, Homie Airport or <laughs> call sign KXTA and whatnot. And I'm like, wow, this is like the smoothest research I've ever done. Like, I feel like I'm just a fucking expert. Like, I should be on Joe Rogan. Fuck Bob Lazar and that guy with the beard, <laughs> that gray yeah. beard or whatever from the Blackboard uh, Barbershop or whatever. But I should be on Rogan talking about Area 51. I'm like, this is going so smooth. And then these two gentlemen come to record at my house. And hey, they're hey. right here on time at 6.30 p.m. And my computer wants to restart. I'm like, all right, that happens every once in a while. You know, Windows has a new Gidget or whatever. And then it's taking like a fucking hour for it to restart. And I'm like, all right, guys, we'll, we'll talk about fucking DuckTales, Darkwing Duck, Heathcliff and whatnot. And then the computer finishes updating. And then the fucking program won't, that records this audio podcast that you're listening to won't record the goddamn show. And so I'm like, what the fuck? It has literally never done this before. And the program I'm using is Audacity. And so basically it's the most rudimentary, rudimentary fucking program that you can record on. It's like playing Tetris on a Game Boy or a fucking Nokia like brick phone or whatever. So it's like one of the most like simplest things. There's like there's no complexity to it at all. It just stops fucking working. It looks at you like how you have the audacity to want to record right now. <laughs> I'm, I just updated. My skirt is still up over my fucking like, well, how dare you? I need time to get my insides together. It was like Rick James and Charlie Murphy going at each other like darknesses. And I'm like, motherfucking <laughs> goddamn. So kind of like that phone call that, you know, uh, Art Bell got. Art and Jacob do America had an attack by probably alien forces because all the info that we're about to give you. The government does not want you to know. Is it, we were not attacked by alien forces. We were attacked by government-funded alien forces. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Very true. Yeah, that or the Russians, because that's kind of my hey, theory. I didn't say what government, just a government. <laughs> it, you know what I mean? That's... So this topic actually came about because um, if unless you're living under a fucking rock, uh, everywhere on the internet you're hearing about this, uh, you know, Storm Area 51 uh, Facebook event that's going on on Facebook right now. September 20th. Yep, September 20th, everybody. And I'm pretty sure everybody that's listening or watching. Thought it was August 20th. Nope, September, no, no, 20th. September 20th. Oh, damn. It did not happen yet. But like the internet, it's here today, gone today. So we might as well attack yeah. it now while it's fucking hot. Yeah. And we were supposed to have a special guest on, but um, unfortunately they man, weren't able to make it. Man, fuck that guy, man. <laughs> <laughs> fuck that guy. By the way, I hope everyone that storms Air 51 gets killed by the government. Yeah, That's so. That's just my two cents on that. The guy that <laughs> started that. Aliens. The guy that started the Facebook group is a guy named Matty Roberts. And he's actually from Bakersfield, he's from California. from Bakersfield. He was going to be here tonight. He, he was like, yeah, I'm down to chill. I want to drink some brews. I'm down to. Talk about aliens and then... Is he even 21 yet? I think. I don't even know how old George he is, Knapp man. interview said I he's didn't, like... I didn't want to know. <laughs> I don't want to know how old you are. Hey, this are, is my house. I cannot have minors drinking in this house, sir. He's a federal agent, goddammit. Yeah. He's, he's old enough to die, I guess. But, like... <laughs> um, yeah, so fuck that guy. By the way, just don't go, people. Just There's no yeah. point in going. For the love of God, it's an actual fucking Air Force base. Like, you would... If you would get... Sh- like, you would... My work where I work at is a federal 
federal building. If you fucking don't comply, your ass can get shot in the chest too. So if my basic ass fucking like level one fucking security job or whatever is gonna shoot you in your chest, do they have a guy I, with a gun there? They have that one guy. You have three guys with probably two guns on each hip, dude. It's like yeah. fucking Wild West. So you can get a fucking slug in your chest just for attacking social. I don't know what a building I'm talking about here, but uh, for just attacking my job. Imagine Area 51. Out. Yeah. I'll put a fucking beep on it. But if you go to Area 51, your ass is going to get fucking toasted. Toasted, baby. And there's another video, too, because I may or may not insert that sample at the beginning of this episode, you know, that the phone call Art was talking about. But there's another phone call I wasn't um, very familiar with, but I'm familiar with it now. But um, Coast to Coast AM, which is a popular uh, conspiracy theory uh, radio show. That Rest was, in peace, Art Bell. Yeah. It was, <laughs> um, in the 90s, I want to say. Big in yeah. the 90s. Yeah, I mean. Late 80s, early 90s, I believe. Yeah. Like, well, well that was like the heyday. For, but yeah. it's, it, it was running it's until kinda, like, It was in the middle of this whole like, um, um, what's that show that we reference a lot here? I'm blanking. files <laughs> No. Um, uh whatever think think destination and truth <laughs> no 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 um damn joe rogan we, show no we don't reference you're, uh, think, you're thinking of a color it's blue we use their music a lot enigma no it <laughs> <laughs> was not a show um anyways whatever i don't know but and in the 90s there were a lot of shows about mysteries unsolved mysteries unsolved mysteries that is the show i was thinking about <laughs> it was Robert basically Stuck. unsolved mysteries for the radio mm-hmm and um, this is an interesting call too, and hopefully I'll try to. It's a very, it's a longer one, but this isn't the first time somebody tried to storm Area Fifty One. So nope. um, you can YouTube this as well. Uh, this pilot actually decides, hey, I'm going to fly to Area Fifty One because I demand answers. I have the right to know what is going there, going on there as a citizen. Oh, there's a dog. Oh shit, oh. that scared the shit out of me. <laughs> oh my god, We're the government's store. trying to get us. The government's trying to get us. Oh my god. <laughs> So anybody I, that's listening to the audio, Jacob's dead. There's blood everywhere. I'm so sorry. The government spiked my drink. My dick just grew everywhere. It took out Jacob's head. I apologize. Oh, <laughs> and this is the last episode of the Arch Jacob podcast. Yeah, a lot of fucking freaky shit. Shout out Elizabeth Jackman. Shout out. Do you mind shutting That'd the door? That'd be so funny if like the show ended like that. And we still did the closing. Credits. All the closing stuff. <laughs> I'm dying. But fucking shout out to everybody. All right, but no, this up. guy tried to. Um, uh, fly over area 51 and as you know he's calling in art bell is telling me like dude what the hell are you doing go back like turn on your radio like you like you don't know what's gonna happen you're gonna fucking die and the whole time like this like farmer guy's like no i demand to know i have rights that the government cannot hold secrets from me and then you know as he's getting closer to you know groom lake or area 51 um he starts to say oh my god there's an f-16 fire pilot right here and he's you know trying to knock me out of the air and you can hear like the sound effects in the background you know like of a plane you know coming at him and he's trying to talk to the plane he's just like no radio no radio and he's trying to <laughs> pretend like he's a um a medic or something like that and you know he's you can hear like the f-16 in the background like yeah. fucking with him and whatnot and then all of a sudden, like, he's like, oh, my God, they have laser beams coming out of the, like, the ground just opened up and all these laser beams. And then all of a sudden, the broadcast just, like, stops. And, like, Art Bell's, like, in, like, his, like, monotone voice is like, well, I believe we just heard a murder on air from Area 51. <laughs> the, I feel bad for Art Bell, man. He used to get so many, like, wackadoo people that would just call in and say they were, like, possessed by demons. Mm-hmm. They had a phone call once on there where they had, like, the recordings of, like, this is an actual recording from hell. And it was like, 
it just sounded like people screaming. It sounded like noises. It sounded creepy, but at mm. the same time, it's like, what it's, the fuck? Where'd you get this yeah. recording? This ain't a recording from hell. Mm-hmm. They stuck like a microphone in like seven feet down the earth, and all of a sudden you can hear hell. And it kind of reminds me of Love Line a little bit too, where it's just like you have all these like people calling like with actual like questions about sex and whatnot. Yeah. But then you can tell like there's actual people like little 14, 13 year olds like, what happens when you put the pee pee in the vagina? Yeah, yeah. Just to get like a reaction. Definitely, to like Drew. it's it's definitely like that. But I think that there's sometimes there's people that have like actual like conspiracies it, or things that they've actually seen in real life and actually have like concrete evidence behind it it's a darker delilah yeah Mm. then there's those fucking crazy people that have like seven cats that are like (laughs) mummified in their underneath their bed mind you mind you if there's six you're cool eight you're cool oh no they have multiple cats still alive but there's like seven that are like mummified under their bed at this point and so like you know they're calling talking about the lizard people and all this bullshit those are the people you got to watch out with, watch out for. And like we haven't touched it, we haven't done an episode on lizard people because it's just like this is so fucking nuts. It's on the Imagine list. this motherfucker has like a call-in show. Imagine if we had people calling in and be like, "So have you guys heard the theory about fucking lizard people and Obama being from Nigeria? He's a Nigerian lizard people type of." It's like, dude, I would hate to do that kind of show. But yeah, I would lose my patience because a lot of those people too, they sound like they, they have like a touch of mental illness. Yeah, you know, imagine if like Jesus was just constantly <laughs> calling in. <laughs> Shout out Jesus, keep doing what you're doing. Say, mommy, Democrats gave me cancer. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I oh, kid. Hey man, this is the Art Jacob Do America podcast. If you don't like it, in the name of comedy, you can do anything in the name of comedy. But, anyways, Area Fifty One. It is. Probably the mecca of all, you know, alien and extraterrestrial yeah. um, activity or lore or myth, if you will. So, uh, this is the official Art and Jacob Do America episode on it. So, you're welcome, America. <laughs> Jacob, you, kick it off, man. You, I think, you were you, you were really passionate about the, doing this topic. I was because not only is it topical right now, but it's like I said with the Phoenix Lights, it hits home. It's very personal because yeah. my grandfather. He was an Air Force mechanic for many, many, many years. He worked for Lockheed. He worked for all these aerospace uh, places. And, you know, I don't know how much of it is actually true, but I used to go on a lot of road trips with him, you know, between Bakersfield to Salt Lake City. Now, that's a 24-hour drive, and we're driving through the deserts, and he's telling me about all the work that he did. And as, like, an 8, 9, 10-year-old kid, like, I'm not giving a fuck. Like, I just want to talk, you know, basketball. I was a Laker fan. He was a Jazz fan. I just want to talk basketball. But, no, he wants to talk to me about, you know, places he worked and engines that he worked on and whatnot and uh, aircraft that he helped develop and whatnot. And I wish I could go back in time and relive those conversations because when I'm doing my research, a lot of those conversations would start to pop up. So this this topic holds a lot of sentimental value. Obviously, my grandfather's passed away now, but it's weird. Like a lot of stuff that's coming out just even recently. I remember my grandfather telling me as a young child, you know, between, you know, Bakersfield and Salt Lake City drives, you know, he lived or quote unquote lived. Yeah, you know? yeah. All the stuff that he was privy to that he experienced that he saw yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's pretty cool. So Area fifty one. Um the name Area fifty one, um a lot of people speculate that it came from, you know, the Atomic Energy Councils. Um basically what they would do is they had uh areas in the Nevada desert where, you know, they would test nuclear bombs and uh, there's the Nellis Air Force Base, and everything is kind of sectioned off. You know, you look at counties, you know, everywhere. Yeah. It's kind of sectioned off like that. There's Area 1, Area 2, Area 3, Area 4. And then where Area 51 is at, um, 
there it's actually adjacent to area 15 and i guess they say that they did that because it was just the inverted version of area 15 because officially there is not an area 51 which Un- until recently but at the time that yeah, 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 yeah. it's not a, a topographic place yeah. so to speak but it is actually a place uh, a real place called groom lake and this area was founded by the groom family where you know there was a lot of silver and lead that was being mined there so uh, the groom family they you know had these you know cavernous mines and it is built upon a salt flat a, a vacant so it is a dried up lake bed. yeah dry up yeah. dried up lake bed. and it, do- it does look very martian and mm-hmm. in, in its origin and the cool thing about like a salt flat is is it it's almost like um concrete and it's very i don't want to say smooth but it's it's perfect for like racing or perfect to have a very large airstrip on yeah so, the, the, well, I mean, the imperfections it, are minimum that's there, what it yeah. does i mean all the salt dries up the water so much so that that the the floor is so rock hard that mm-hmm. rock know, hard it, and uniform yeah. Uniform. You're not going to get a random speed bump or a random crevasse anywhere that's just going to like, you know, it is, it's not going to be, you know, from millimeter to millimeter, like perfectly flat. But for the purposes of getting from here to 100 miles an hour, 100 miles from here, you're not going to get any sort of elevation change. You're not going to get any sort of rocky roads, which is delicious. I'm kind of hungry right now. You're not going to get anything <laughs> in there. Ice cream does sound is, really good does, right, right now. Fucking hey, we went through an ordeal before this, man. Um, we deserve it. That That is some comfort food right there. Anyway, but yeah, so a salt, lake, so a, a, a salt bed, it's going to be something that's perfect for, for more long distance. You're not going to shoot marbles, but for, you know, trying to break a speed barrier or put in a landing strip or something like that fantastic perfect for it when they were testing out like the what are those cars that broke the sound barrier mm-hmm. um, but they were testing them out in like dry leg bits like mm-hmm. that just yeah. because really you're not going to build a, a, a speed track that big you know and no. really you know if there were an accident there's no walls you're going to hit so no. that's why they always test them out on those dry leg bits mm-hmm. yeah and the, and the fact that there would used to be water there it kind of it does you know kind of over time just break the ground down into a very uniform fashion you know what i mean so i mean there might be some you know there, there, there might be some elevation changes you know some dips in here but it's going to be gradual and over long distances mm-hmm. and it's going to come out per- very close to perfectly flat once it's all dried up and also there's a really famous boys to men video that was filmed in a dry like that is true there's no wind till the water <laughs> runs dry damn that yeah. is a good ass song sir Ooh, gotta listen to boys men after this yeah God bless him. We'll see him at the Kern County Fair this year, probably. Yeah, they're playing oh, no Jerry's shit. Pizza this year. <laughs> <laughs> for two slices God, of pizza God and one a, pitcher of beer. For a second there. For a fucking second there, I got really fucking excited. I, <laughs> I, think, they played, I, played, I think they played the Kern County Fair last year. But yeah. uh, they play Vegas now, which Vegas is only 83 miles away from Groom Lake. So I always thought to myself, I was like, well, if area, you know, Previous, previous to me doing the research on this episode, I always thought like, well, okay, if they were going to test alien stuff in a million, a, a place that's populated by a million people, this is like probably one of the largest tourist attractions ever. Like, why would they put put it right so close to... to uh, such a huge yeah. tourist destination, popul- a populated area at all, let alone such a huge tourist destination. And the thing I kept hearing in the back of my mind was the closer you are to danger, the safer you are. And it's the big Las Vegas is basically a big distraction. Yeah. They used to test atom bombs around that area yep. as well. So yes. it's not like it's that. It's not unprecedented. Yeah, like that region of the country isn't 
isn't super populated. If you subtract, uh, if you Las, subtract Vegas. Las Vegas from that, from that, it's not very populated. What's mm-hmm. the next biggest city? Carson City, yeah, or something like that. Or, like, yeah, it's, even Reno is like yeah. kind and of. And even a ways Carson away. City is what it's not bigger than Bakersfield. And then when you look at those nuclear test sites that they have there, the, the Atomic Energy Commission uh, that they have, it's a basically almost the whole state of Nevada. I mean, when you mm-hmm. think about it, Nevada, is, when you think of Nevada, it's just Reno and fucking Las Vegas. When you look at the actual map of this, like where they test sites, that the restricted, you know, uh, airspaces, it's mostly the whole fucking state. Yeah. And Nevada is not a small state by any stretch of the imagination. No, you know, I, the first time I really thought about something like that was flying out of Chicago and in Chicago, in the middle of Chicago, and it's fucking dense as a motherfucker, right? Mm-hmm. And you get in the plane, and you're flying out of it, and you look out the window, and Chicago, fucking dense, huge, all this stuff you can make out, stadiums, buildings, all that stuff, and you get away, and then all of a sudden, sh- there's Chicago, then there's a lake, and on the other side, there's nothing. Yeah. And then out, and then you get far enough that you see, like, this big, dense area that is just immensely, like, what, the, the, the third or fourth largest city in the U.S.? And then immediately, like almost like someone put down a fucking wall, Trump. Uh, fucking just <laughs> nothing, nothing. He kept all the Mexicans in Chicago. Please, someone from Chicago, please tell me how the fuck all the Mexicans got there. I want to know. Anyway, but it's like so. A van? Yes, technically. Well, <laughs> thank you, Jacob. But it's like so. Yes, it is very populated, and yes, you know, there's a lot of people there, and there's you know, it's it's like in theory you would notice shit and whatnot. But once those city limits end for a lot of, for most, I think like all major cities, like like L.A. might be one of the exceptions. That's only because there's mountains around mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. You know, once the city ends, there's nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so it, the horizon is not as far as you might think. So it would not take a, a huge distance to for things to be out of sight. I do remember going to Tatchby and being affected by sonic booms from Edwards Air Force Base. And that was a good 50 miles away. Mm-hmm. But... If you're not, if you're working with things outside of breaking the speed barrier, you know, or the uh, uh, the sound barrier, uh, the, the speed of sound, that's what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're looking for things outside of that, things that might be um, not native to this planet, uh, you might be able to get away with that a little bit more covertly, you know, without having to create such distance away. Because at the same time, you know, if, if you're going to try to create this, this whole site where it can be self-sufficient and whatnot you need something close by mm-hmm. you know you need you, you you're otherwise you're going to create a whole nother city completely totally and utterly you know edwards air force base has you know there's it has stores it has houses a residential mm-hmm. area it has um movie theaters and restaurants you know what i mean because it is it's an hour out not even an hour outside of palmdale lancaster rosemond yep but they still you know because it's it's so populated that yeah it still has to have that that city-like feel for the people that live there Mm -hmm. so you're not going to create like this whole thing way the fuck out in the middle of but fuck nowhere you know Mm -hmm. what i mean and i'm glad you brought that up because um that that's that's what they do like to bring in the workers i mean i'm jumping ahead of myself a little bit here but I was telling Art before we were recording, I was telling about how my you know, grandfather, he said he did work out there. Yeah. And um, he would talk about, okay, you know, Salt Lake Airport, you know, that's where they moved later on. And, you know, sometimes he'd have to go to McCarran, which is right across the street from the Luxor Hotel. <laughs> um, there's these, there's these, um, these um, shuttle planes. Um, I believe they're called Janet. They're called uh, Janet planes. Yeah. And they're basically these white planes with this red stripe, and they basically taxi employees, you know, to and from, you know, these Air Force bases, 
you know, secret Air Force bases to where they need to be. And then, you know, at the end of the day, they taxi them back, you know, to, you know, the, the city, basically. Yeah. And so, you know, my grandpa would tell me about that. And then you, you read all this information about, you know, these employees, you know, they would do their work. Even Bob Lazar, like when he was on Rogan, he was talking about it. When he did the interview with George Knapp, he talked about that. Like, hey, they would fly you in, you know, like at six o'clock at night, you know, do some work, you know, until two in the morning then fly you back to Vegas. You know, then you would have, you know, either your hotel suite or, you know, your home that they're renting out right. for you right there within the city. And it's because, OK, they want that veil of, OK, it's it's a it's a very busy airport. You're not going to notice. Yeah, you know, exactly. This, this exactly. Kind of and as much as the government is going to try to maintain a secret and, you know, fly the employees back and forth. They're not gonna fly them cross country. They don't have to. They still need that spot to be somewhat close to a popular Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? And they, they have their own like little terminal too, these like Janet planes. So and it's like fenced off too. Yep. And I vaguely remember the last time I went to Vegas, we actually stayed in the Luxor that you would see like these little, you know, white planes with the red stripes on them. And then when you look it up, like, yeah, they they are constantly going in and out. They're going to Nellis Air Force Base and they're going to <laughs> Groom Lake or Yeah homey airport as it's officially <laughs> called right now so um but basically what like you were saying the air force um and the cia purchased this land in 1955 now 1955 is important because this is you know in the midst of the cold war yeah um you know the ussr in america they're going at it and you know millions of movies james bond you know spy versus spy all of this stuff is just prevalent in the culture and the reason for this was, I believe, Eisenhower, he wanted to develop some kind of aircraft that can fly significantly high up in the air and spy, 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 <laughs> spy on the Russians. <laughs> and, you know, the Russians were really good, you know, with their technology. We're also within the space race as well. And they're beating our ass. And so to keep this more secret, he's like, okay, we need to find a place or a range that, you know, will allow us to, you know, to test these aircrafts and, you know, give us that veil of secrecy that we were yeah. talking about. And so basically what that became was the development of the B-2 um, spy plane. And normal aircraft, I believe, flies at around like 10,000 feet. Some military aircraft flies at about 40,000 feet, I want to say. And these B-2s, they fly at about 60,000 feet up in the air. And 1955 is also important because that's also when there's a spike in UFO activity in Nevada. Mm -hmm. And what they're basically, what they're saying is, and then when you see like pictures of, you know, the B2 up in the air is what you're seeing is the B2 and then the different paints or the metals that yeah. they would use, the light reflecting on it and, you know, going throughout the sky and whatnot. So. And I'll say that is still something that, that goes on. Um, the company that I work for, um, one of the big projects is we do, uh, one of our, uh, uh customers is mm -hmm. a prominent plane manufacturing company uh, oh, wow. that uh, may or may not, uh, be rhyming with maying, um, or mowing, mowing. Yeah. Mowing. Like mowing, like mowing, mowing my lawn. lawn. Yeah, exactly. Um, and one of the products that we make is a uh, silicone based paint for, you know, such, uh, uh, characteristics. And the thing is that the formulation is. It's not constantly changing, but they're constantly experimenting. They constantly want to see <coughs> if it can be something different, something newer, something. And so, I mean, all of that, you can only test so much of that in a lab. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Some of it, you're going to have to, especially the external stuff, mm -hmm. you're going to have to slap that bitch on and put it in the sky and see how that paint reacts to um, high altitude, to extreme cold. 
Um, if extreme it's going heat. to be extreme heat, um, extreme speeds, you're going to see if it's, if it's uh, how it gets detected on the ground. If this is supposed to be a spy craft, uh, <laughs> spy you know, craft. Uh, whatever the case may be. Um, and so, especially you know, in the infancy of such uh, uh, an endeavor, I imagine there were planes up there all of the time. And if mm-hmm. anything, I, if, if I was if I was those guys, you know, I'm putting these planes up there. And the next day, I'm reading the newspaper. Hey, these these plane or these UFOs are spotted at these times. Like, well, fuck. Well, that's scrap those. We got to do something different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And we know all this is actually true because there was a Freedom of Information Act request in 2005. I believe it was a George Washington University, you know, archivist who was requesting this. And then in June of 2003, um, you know, the CIA basically released all these, you know, official documentation from the time. But um, the story goes, Richard, Richard Bissell, who was a CIA, you know, operative or someone really yeah. high up in there, um, you know, he was scouting areas, you know, for, you know, this special project, which they were calling uh, Project Aquatone. And, you know, usually they would use Edwards Air Force Base, mm-hmm. but the Russians were aware of that, you know, and any spying that they would do, they would do over Edwards. Uh, the reason why Groom Lake was chosen was because it had a perfect uh, salt flat uh, surface. Sorry, guys. I'm still fucking. <laughs> You're still a little heated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm still heated from earlier, uh, which was a perfect landing area. And it allowed them to build a very long, you know, takeoff strip, to, you know, to allow for this U 2 uh, aircraft, you know, to take off yeah. and land and whatnot. Um, and also, the mountain range that was in the area provided a perfect veil, a perfect perimeter, also, because. Uh, like you were talking about, like when you fly over these areas, you know, I when we when I flew from Bakersfield to Phoenix, Phoenix to Salt Lake City, and then Salt Lake back to LAX, you fly over this desert range. Mm-hmm. Now you would think, like flying over this desert range, you would just be able to see everything, right? Well, no, there's certain mountain ranges and valleys that you know kind of conceal things in there. You'll see like random hot springs in the middle of these like barren desert places. And that's what Groom Lake was yeah. it, at one point. It was a humongous lake that was covered up by these mountains. It was allowed to have, you know, some kind of protection, you know, from, you know, this extreme heat. So yeah. it was like a perfect valley hidden away, a hidden valley like the ranch, the ranch if you will, yep. <laughs> in the middle of the Nevada desert. And with the, the perfectly flat salt flats like that, that's a perfect place to put down dust for Bissell to uh, try out his vacuums. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. There it is. <laughs> Anyways, um, like Eric was saying, you know, earlier about, you know, Edwards Air Force Base, uh, the pictures that were released in 2013 showed a few, you know, shelters. You know, there was like a trailer park, you know, for the workers there. Uh, there was actually um, a movie theater, you know, yep. where they would go and see like the 1950s Gone with the Wind or whatever fucking, frankly, ma'am, I don't give a damn movies and whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> Slapping girls and whatnot. Um and I'm pretty the, sure you're mixing up a whole lot of years, but I, I, I'm ignorant enough to not want to correct you, so please go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. Fucking <laughs> movies are there. Um, but also, too, there was, uh, you know, a, a volleyball court, you know, so yeah. they were trying to make it homey. <laughs> <laughs> I like how the volleyball court is the one example is to make it homey, you know? Yeah, yeah. You, the, because, we're, you know why? Because we were just talking about Top Gun before we started recording. Yeah, That's why I think about the volleyball court. Which yeah. will play into this as well. <laughs> but um, the the reason also, too, that they were providing all these amenities yeah. because it's in the middle of fucking nowhere. And they were trying to attract the best and brightest, you know, scientists and aircraft mechanics and whatnot to work out there. And they were selling it initially as a name as Paradise Ranch. Yeah. And I mean, something like that, not only are you going to, especially if you're going to bring people out long term, you're probably not just going to bring them out. But if you want this to be, 
you know, someone's on call 24-7 and whatnot, you're probably also going to have to start moving out loved ones and family and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And, and if that's the case and you have a bunch of, you know, uh, uh, how, uh, homemakers and you have a bunch of kids and whatnot and like, they're going to have to have something to do mm-hmm. if you're going to make it that big. So you got to, you have to start juggling. Like, are we going to, are we going to fly and bus everyone in every single fucking day? And if we have an emergency at one in the morning, because some gasket went up somewhere, whatever the fuck we're going to find someone in, or are we going to have someone here? And if the case, very few people like realistically are going to want to be there alone. They're going to, they're going to need some sort of companionship. And, mm. and I'm not even sure they even allowed that um, at first because it was just like the soldiers. Yeah. But even if, you know, it was, they had the family there or even if they did not, I mean, you want to make it comfortable enough yeah. to be there because we live in Bakersfield and it's what? 105 degrees right now. Yeah. yeah. It's, it fucking sucks. And yeah. we have, you know, modern technology. We have air conditioning and whatnot. This is the 1950s. I'm sure they didn't have <laughs> yeah, yeah. a fucking... Not the most, you know, you need, yeah. So you want to, you need to make those comforts available elsewhere. Also, and too, a, if you're working on secret technology, I mean, you're not going to do your best work if you're fucking, you know, like in a grouchy ass mood because mm-hmm. you didn't get enough sleep because it was still 98 degrees outside. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Insert 98 degree song. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's the hardest thing I'll ever have to do. Thank you, Jacob. I there knew, you go. I knew I could count I knew, for that one. I knew it, I man. I knew it. But I, you know, but you still need to create. Some, you, you still need those creature comforts. Like you were right now. Art and I are playing footsie right now. And somehow, sometimes, you know, that's that's what you need. You that's know, that's true. That human contact with the people that you love the most. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, so we get the U two uh, spy plane, mm-hmm. and it, you know, successfully, you know, is spying on the Soviets, and we're getting all sorts of information back on their technology within the Cold War and whatnot. Yeah. However. The Soviets being great at what they do as well, they shot down one of the U-2 planes. And being how we are as Americans, we couldn't have that. That's all, yeah. Escalation. Escalation is what that's called. And it was because of their, the you know, their radar, their aerodynamic and, you know, engineering technology at the yeah. time. So this spurned in 1959 Project Oxcart, where Lockheed, you know, started developing the A-2 aircraft. Now, not only did they need, you know, an airplane that would be able to fly at high altitude, but these U-2 aircrafts weren't that fast. I believe they more or less hovered. Yeah. And so they needed a plane that can fly supersonic speeds and, you know, evade radar, evade missiles at the, of that time. And so they um, started to, Lockheed started work on an A-12 uh, jet. Now, A-12 jet is basically an airplane that was the fastest airplane or jet i should say at the time that traveled at mach 3 now i didn't know what the hell mach 3 was (laughs) but mach 3 is basically two like well over two thousand miles per hour yeah as fast as fuck considering like the next level planes before that are like traveling like at 506 miles per hour and i mean just in general this is um all of this is starting out around the time of you know uh uh the right stuff, you know what I mean? Where where we're talking about not even everyone, every every part of the U.S. government is about trying to get speed down, trying to get mm-hmm. stealth, and trying to get speed. And we are having people that are breaking land speed records, um, air speed records. Um, this is this is this the stuff that's directly going to correlate to the U.S. getting to the moon. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so there are so many resources going into this um, that I. The failure or being one-upped by the Soviets, 
it's not an option. You know, this no. is this is something that, that any sort of any any sort of slight. And, and at that time, it really was. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Looking back on it now, okay, maybe not so much. But at that moment, at that time, there was nothing else as far as the U.S. government was concerned um, from the uh, uh, Air Force aspect of it, from the from the uh, aeronautical aspect of it. You know what I mean? You're, we're going faster, we're going higher, and we are going to beat the Soviets at this. Why exactly? We might not totally be sure. You know, it's still, you know, when this all starts, still a little bit before Kennedy says we're going to the moon. Mm-hmm. But, God damn it, we are going to be faster than anyone else. Kind of reminds me of, like, speed metal in the 80s. Like, there's no reason why, you know, they have to go faster and louder or whatnot. But it's because, okay, we have to be faster and louder than the next band. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. And when you both have two countries that have atomic nuclear, you know, technology, you want to be able to spy on them and make sure that that's not, you know, something that they have to worry about Sunday morning. You yeah. Know? So if you have a plane that's traveling 2,000 miles per hour, think about that shit right there. That's transcontinental within the, an hour's time frame. So the whole time that I was trying to figure out yeah, how to yeah. get this fucking podcast started recording, <laughs> like somebody in an A12, which they nicknamed Project 51, uh, was able to travel transcontinental. So so someone like, let's say the start of like Slayer might be a John Glenn and then fucking Testament might be an Alan Shepard for the right <laughs> stuff, you know, and they're just trying to get faster than each other and just trying to one up each other the whole time and fucking or the US and the Soviets and, you know, whatever the case may be. But yeah, it's like there's not necessarily a rhyme or a reason yet but we know mm-hmm. it's going to get there. Oh yeah. And 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 you know, the guys on the ground, it, it's it's one of those things where the guys on the ground are just trying to be faster for the sake of being faster because they are the ones that are in it. They're the ones that for are for America. You know, yeah. Um and then the US government, you know, or the or the, you know, the the Soviet government or whatever the fuck it may be are are pushing because we're trying to one up. And meanwhile, all the people in between cuz that's that's that is the highest level of the upper management. And the absolute grunt on the ground, the dude that's actually doing the dirty work and that might die, depending on what happens. And everyone in between has no idea why the fuck we're hitting this pissing contest anyway. Like, we're not even sure which dick we're measuring against what. You know what yeah. I mean? It's basically world dominance. Yeah. You know, yeah. at the end of World War II, I mean, you saw the United States become the superpower along with USSR. I shouldn't yeah. say Russia. But, yeah, I mean, at that point, when you got two fucking superpowers, somebody has to be top dog. Yeah. No, they can't live <laughs> in perfect harmony. But that'd be world peace, though, and that would be nice if we could all just get along. Get along. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who was that guy that got beat up? Rodney King. Um, Rodney <laughs> King. Yeah. Ro- Rodney. Can we all just get along? I mean, <laughs> that's exactly what you just said right now. Yes, it is. And uh, Art, you have a very nice Cruel Intentions T-shirt on right now. Thanks, man. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> So to move this timeline yeah. along, you know, from the late 60s to the 80s, um, Area 51 or Groom Lake, they started um, dabbling in what's called, you know, reverse technology. And so this is kind of like where Bob Lazar. Now, Bob Lazar, um, he's known for um, being a, basically the most famous whistleblower that, quote unquote, yeah. worked at Area 51. Um, before I get into him, uh, what... You know, the government has declassified that was happening during this time frame is that they would have programs like, and I'm not shitting you on this, <laughs> called Have Donuts. I saw that, yep. Have Drill, yep. Have Fairy, Have Glib, and Have Blue. Uh, Ken has cheeseburger? 
I'm probably sure that was one, but it probably just like it was a failed test or whatever. Yeah. But um, Have Donuts was probably the most interesting one, not only because it was the most delicious name that's on this list, but it involved the Top Gun School from San Diego. Ooh. Now, this this is the one that really took me by surprise, and we were talking about this it earlier. This is the one that got you hard. Yeah, this one really got me hard, got me to the danger zone. Um, but anyways, what would happen is, is that the United States and its allies, uh, most notably Israel, they would get aircraft you know from the soviets via you know um that i believe one of them was the iraqi air force um uh, the syrian air force like they would either accidentally you know fly over israel or crash into israel and then israel would ship those aircraft right to it, it wasn't it wasn't like they bought it from the ussr they somehow procured you know quote unquote we're assuming it's Quasi, you know the 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 Roskies were in our airspace anyway, so fuck them. Mm-hmm. But you know who really who really knows what happened? But yeah, that's the theory, official story. Yeah, yeah. In theory, they they crashed in Israel or they were in airspace that was agreed upon. They should not have been and got mm-hmm. brought down or whatnot. Yeah, and I think one like Iraqi like Air Force pilot, like he actually defected. Yeah, and he like he brought oh, one of those he, planes. He, he, he defected while like he was in the air, defected and flew the plane to yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah. And so those planes were flown to you know Groom Lake Area Fifty One, and what they would do during this time was is they would you know look at their 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 jets that they were developing their their fighter planes, and then they would test it with their best fighter pilots and their uh, the other jets that they were uh, working on at the same time. I believe the Nighthawk was being worked on at this time as well. I think that's the one, yeah. Yeah, that one as well. That one was being worked on. That was also being worked on in, I want to say Edwards. Don't quote me on that. But they did a lot of the tests and a lot of the, basically the training for yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the fight the, of that plane uh, during the during this time when they were testing it against the Soviets fighter planes. And what they would do is they would invite they would invite the best fighter pilots from the Top Gun school <laughs> in Take San Diego. To Area Fifty One. Was that Take My Breath Away? Was yes, it? it was. Oh. <laughs> did it did it take your breath away? Uh yeah, it kinda did. Yeah. Yeah. I got it, a little winded. It did the job. There you go. So the cool <laughs> thing that I looked up to, and it's verifiably true, is there's actual highway leading up to Groom Lake that you have to travel. Um, and it's called the Extraterrestrial Highway. Mm-hmm. And it's got the nickname of the Highway to the Forbidden Zone. Now, anybody that's ever watched the movie <laughs> Top Gun knows that the most popular song after the song that Eric just got done butchering. Um, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> Art got erect. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. Is uh, Highway to the Danger Zone. And what's funny is, is this song was actually written by people in the CIA and the naval forces. I've been saying for a, for for a while now, how fucked up must the danger zone be? The song is about the highway to the danger zone. Mm-hmm. We we it is so epic. We didn't even get to the danger zone, and we needed a goddamn Kenny Loggins song for it. And then Top Gun, the whole movie. Okay, I've never actually seen this movie. You know, full disclosure, but it's like considered a <laughs> classic movie. And, I mean, there's so many pop culture references that carry over even today in 2019. But that whole movie was basically funded by the CIA to recruit (laughs) fighter pilots into the, you know, this program, the Top Gun program at the naval base in San Diego. Yvonne Netanyahu. Yeah. Just like Simpsons episode. Yeah, that's what that Simpsons episode Mm -hmm. was based upon. So. Um, th- I thought that was interesting. That's as fuck that's crazy as, well. as fuck. Yeah, because that's like like Transformers or whatever the big blockbuster is, like The Lion yeah. King or whatever. Like I I don't know what what's a big blockbuster art. Let's get you involved. Um, 
Probably Lion King. That's yeah. the biggest right now, movie. Yeah. Like, that'd be crazy, like, if my children in 30 years or whatever finds out that the Lion King was used to recruit people to fight ISIS, you know, <laughs> into the army or something like that. And especially when you consider the f- how, how huge it really was, because we're not just talking about a blockbuster, blockbuster. We're talking about one of the top 10 grossing films in the 80s, period, in the entire yeah. decade. You, I mean, know you had I mean? E.T., you had Star Wars, mm-hmm. uh Back to the Future, Indiana Jones, mm-hmm. the OG Batman, mm-hmm. like all this Correct. shit came out in that. And this is one of the top movies. Yep. And it was basically a recruitment movie for the fucking um, Air Force and the Navy. That's right, because everyone wanted to be Tom Cruise or like Jacob to maybe suck on that today. No, I'm more of a Brad Oh, Brad Pitt. Pitt. Sorry, yeah, I'm more my Brad bad, Pitt. My bad, my bad, my bad. Still, second place, he wouldn't be mad at oh, it. Oh, I thought you were going to do a Bell Kilmer joke. What? No. Did he have nipples on his... Uh... I don't know. No, George Clooney had nipples on his Oh, I thought you were too. doing Top Gun anyway. references. He was Batman too, huh? Yeah, he was. They were both Batman. George oh, wow. Clooney, Val Kilmer. Uh, yeah, they were... Mm-hmm. Wow. One of them had nipples on the bat suit. It was um, George Clooney had nipples. I thought so. Anyway, neither here nor there. So anyways, uh, I actually have this written down. It was the F-17 Nighthawk um, that they were testing that in. It's called Project Cav Blue, so I'm glad I wrote that down. <laughs> <laughs> um. But basically also, I mean, that's what they were doing. Now, to get into uh, Bob Lazar, um, Area 51 was something of lore because, you know, anytime you have anything that secret that was out there near Las Vegas, you know, people are going to, there's going to be mumbles of speculation. Yeah. And I think since Roswell, which I believe happened in the 40s. I, oh, that I think sounds it was right. like 1954. I want to say it was in the 40s. 54, like, 45. Let me look it up. This is Googleable. Yeah, yeah it's Art. Googleable. But anyways, my whole point is is that you know that's when the UFO fever really started. Yeah. It was sometime after uh, World War II, and the theory was is, um, or one of the theories of was is that you know it's aliens you know crashed into you know Roswell, New Mexico. Another interesting theory that I saw was it was actually the Soviets or Nazis or Nazi scientists that defective to the Soviets that, you know, were using test subjects from Joseph Mengele, uh, flew them over and crashed them into our airspace to cause basically panic, kind yeah. of like War of the Worlds and whatnot, which is really fucked up if you think about it. I mean, we we talked about Joseph Mengele, the angel of death, who was yeah. doing like all these experiments on twins and whatnot and children. And it makes sense. You know, you think about it, you know, he's injecting acids into people's brains and doing these crazy fucking experiments on people to fly them over and, you know, some kind of crazy Nazi technology, you know, over to New Mexico just to scare us and shit. Like, that's a fucking crazy thought just to think of. Yeah, and that's, and that's you know, it, it's it's still something that goes on today. I mean, we're, we're, we're still, you know, one of the big things is the fucking uh, Russian interference elections. Mm-hmm. And one of the big things that they talk about is, you know, there's not necessarily targeting we're going one or another, you know. Mm-hmm. There's proof of them. Uh, I don't remember which it was, but let's say it was uh, a liberal. They wanted a liberal protest, and it was something that was set up by Russian bots on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And then uh, those same Russian bots also set up a conservative counter protest. Yeah. And it's not about like getting one point across. It's about like let's create panic, let's create an argument, let's fucking create divisiveness. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That divisiveness is, and and so I could totally see something like that going as far back as this, and. You know, yeah, we're going to give up a little bit of technology here. We're going to give, but, you know, like you're saying, um, there's reverse engineering going on with planes that are coming mm-hmm. from Israel, that are coming from other allies. You know, people might be defecting and they're bringing their planes over or getting them shipped over. So, fuck it. They've already got, you know, 
a handful of our planes, what's one more going to be if it's going to cause an internal conflict within our enemy? You know what I mean? Yeah. And then Bob Lazar basically says, you know, he, you know, was this brilliant. Oh, Bob Lazar. A brilliant scientist that he got fame for. He had a Honda and he put a fucking jet engine on the back of it yeah. and he would drive it to and back from work. But he also worked at Los Alamos uh, Research Center. Well, we, okay. Bob Lazar. Can I, can I, ta- I'm going to take this yes. real quick. Uh, Bob Lazar, man. All right. So, in a very quick nutshell, um, Bob Lazar is known for being a defector from, not a defector, a but whistleblower, a, a whistleblower yeah. from Area 51 who worked there and he was, like you were saying, Jacob, he was reverse engine, uh, uh, there was reverse engineering of uh, Ru- Russian planes uh, going on at Area 51 at, at Groom Lake. Mm-hmm. Um, and he worked at, he said, S4, which about 15 miles outside of Groom Just Lake. south of it, yeah. yeah. Um, and so, he, and so uh, he says that he worked there, all this stuff, um, but he said that he worked there as a physicist and that he was uh, involved in reverse engineering alien spacecraft. Mm-hmm. And they were trying to figure out what made, he, he said that they did anti-gravitational devices that they reverse engineered. Um, he said that uh, he had um, the vials of element 115, uh, which is an extremely heavy uh, atom uh, that is, it has to be, you know, it, it's not going to be something we find in nature. Mm-hmm. Um He's talking about uh, devices that are going to, you know, you're not coming in just with a badge. You're not coming in with a fingerprint. There are devices that are going to measure the bones in your fingers, and mm-hmm. that is how they're going to identify you and let you in. Um, and he he went kind of AWOL in the mid-'80s, and he just started talking about all this shit that Area 51 uh, was doing, all of this research they were doing, the fact that aliens do exist, the fact that we do have alien p- spacecraft, and they're all here at Area 51. Um and that it's been going on for decades. And still, when he started, Area 51 officially, quote-unquote, did not exist mm-hmm. in, in an official you know, public capacity. Correct. Um, the things... All right, here are the things that Bob Lazar claims about himself. Uh, he has his master's in physics um, from uh, a couple of uh, prestigious universities. Um, he was... Uh, a physicist at Los Alamos. Um, as already stated, he was involved in this reverse engineering uh, uh, program for specifically alien aircraft. Um, he was in the thick of it. Okay. Uh, what we actually know about him, um, he had a associates in uh, electric. Uh, Electronics, electronics, something like some bullshit like that, uh, from a local JC. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that he lived somewhere in the Los Alamos area. We know that there was someone in Los Alamos with the name Robert Lazar. Someone named Robert Lazar is in the phone book, and we know that where he is cited as a physicist is from a local newspaper where he told the reporter that he was a physicist at Los Alamos. <laughs> yeah. That's that's what we know. We also know, interesting enough, um, oh, his cl- master's degree in physics from uh, MIT and uh, Caltech. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, what we also know that uh, he, uh, he runs United Nuclear, which is a company today where today you can go onto the website and you can get various... Uh, uh, chemicals and reagents and whatnot 
Um, we know that in the early 90s, um, he, was he was arrested for aiding and abetting in a prostitution ring. Mm -hmm. uh, this was later kicked down to uh, felony pandering, which basically, that is the legalese version of saying that he was a pimp. <laughs> wow. Okay. Now, I want you to think about this for a second. Think about like, you know, the craziest, biggest, like think, think about a pimp named Pepper Jack. All right. We're going to, it's always in Philadelphia. Think about Pepper Jack. All right. Big old furry fucking yellow hats, big old, you know, what? Fucking cane, cane, fucking high tops, or not high tops. Uh, uh, um, Stacy Adams. Yeah, fucking think about it. Just think about like your your average pimp. All right, now Gold take fish that. Goldfish in the hills. Take that. You're exactly, exactly. I got you. Now think about that. That is not Bob Lazar. Bob Lazar is fucking a nerdy Bill Gates. All right, a nerdier, a nerdier <laughs> Bill Gates. You know what? Somebody draw that for us. Draw, draw, draw me a nerdy Bill Gates dressed as a fucking pimp. Pimp. <laughs> not even a pimp. A pimp. Put an A in there. A pimp. All right. Um, so Bob Lazar did get arrested for for fucking uh, uh, pan felony pandering mm -hmm. in the 90s. Um, he was also arrested for um, his part in the Desert Blast Festival. Yeah. Where he was involved in helping to teach people how to create illegal fireworks. He was not providing them. This was not someone going across the border and getting them from Mexico or whatever the fuck. No. He was teaching people how to make fucking illegal fireworks most of the so those supplies could be bought at united nuclear mm -hmm. the company that he fucking owned mm. now i went to united nuclear this is kind of it was kind of cool i, I actually kind of like, I, I might make an order that's why right i said here. hair yeah. can you look this up for me <laughs> so so i'm someone could do it right so united nuclear they got like some cool you know what i mean there's like if, if if you're trying to get your kid into science and whatnot they got some magnetic silly putty you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That shit's cool. You know what I mean? Like put it, put it around, and then put it near a fucking you know a couple of uh, of uh, uh, screws, nails, whatnot. It's gonna you're gonna get it. You know what I mean? Um, you can get uh, like a, a crystal diode radio, I believe it's called. So it's basically a radio that works without an external power source. It powers itself. It's really fucking cool. And they've somehow done something. You can get uh, information for it online. You can do it yourself. But they've done something special that makes it proprietary. Um, uh, you can also get like novelty stuff. Um, you can get like you know mugs with all sorts of different elements on it. You know what I mean? Let's get that um, for the show, right? You can get uh, oh, you can get soap. You can get soap that is different colors, right? And uh, it's like green, and it's it's made to look like the uranium uh, 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 block on the periodic table. You know what I mean? That's pretty cool. So you can get uranium fucking looking soap. Um, you know what else you can get it's on like the fucking Marty McFly kill? Yeah, so you can get uranium colored soap with it's all novelty and shit. Mm -hmm. You know what else you can get there? Fucking uranium. You can get fucking uranium ore. Enriched? In it, no, not enriched. But you can get the you can actually get uranium ore fucking from United Nuclear. Now it's not enough that you know you're gonna be getting you know it's it's basically enough that you can like calibrate fucking uh uh. uh That's how North Korea you know got I mean? their You can shit. you can you can uh, it's 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 gonna come in like very special like it's got a lot of imperfections in it. It's not enriched. It's not purified. It's in you know parts per billion. You know like what I mean? Like a cubic zirconia. Um, but you can get goddamn uranium. You know what I'm saying? Fucking, um, you can get giant fucking magnets that's gonna be good enough to fucking you know. Hey, Jacob, you know that credit card in uh, two rooms over? Oh, yeah, so that's it's why it, it's it's blank now. You know because <laughs> I got this because I've got this giant magnet right here in this room. All right, that's gone. You know, and you can get magnesium like you get like it's you can get like a ridiculous assortment of chemicals and goods and novelty mugs from United Nuclear, which fucking Bob Lazar Word. fucking runs. Like this dude is, he's known like even within uh, um, UFO enthusiast circles, 
a lot of them even call him a crackpot. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, one of his big claims to fame was his initial, uh, the newspaper article uh, that came out. With George Knapp. With George Knapp. Now, right? George Knapp, I want to say this. You might recognize his name from uh, the Skinwalker Ranch episode that we did because he was also yeah. in contact with Bob uh, Robert Bigelow. Yes. George Knapp also is is uh, known to be a little bit of a crackpot, but that's neither here nor there. For or actually, that might be a lot of it. You know what though? Still. He he's actually um, a part of Coast to Coast AM, yeah. And I believe too, like he's like Emmy nominated for you know, like he's so he's like he has his friendship, but then he also has like legit like investigative reports as well. So. It's 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 kind of the same thing when we were talking about uh, Alex Jones mm-hmm. and you know, uh, uh, turning the frogs gay, like. The pesticides are having effects on the uh, uh, the, the toadstools, the eggs, whatnot um, that are that is affecting the, the the sex. And certain frogs are having to change gender, which is something they can do in nature, and so on and so forth. So there's a scientific mm-hmm. reason and all this other stuff. But just the the statement they're turning the frogs gay. The simpleton. It's, yeah. it's not. It is not true. But the overall statement is based in science. That's kind of where George Knapp kind of falls in with some of his bigger claims, no. from what I can see. You hey, know but it mean? sells newspapers. Oh, fuck yeah. And that's all that matters. Um, but all that stuff, though, that you said about Bob Lazar kind of feeds into like the character of Bob Lazar. He's kind of an extra individual. Yes. But he's also, you got to give it to him. He knows his shit. You know, yes. the documentary that's on Netflix right now, uh, Bob Lazar and uh, Area 51. And Have you UFOs. seen it? Have you watched it? Yeah, it starts off pretty I, boring, but... Dude, the whole thing is like fucking... They, they like dip it in like tie-dye film at some point. Yeah. I didn't even know when the movie started. I was like, wait, oh, this is the, this part of it already? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It seems like, you know when you watch a movie and it starts off with like a little like intro, like brought to you by the good people at like whatever, and they Tide. do like some like, tied, like <laughs> tie-dye film looking thing. Like the, the first like 20 minutes are like that. Where you think, oh, the movie just started. Uh, oh, nope, that was just a production company. Oh, and it was a really cool intro for the production company. Or like a Pixar film yeah, where it's like yeah. there's a movie before the movie. Yeah, yeah. it was yeah. like that for like 20 minutes. So once it gets into the meat of the actual documentary, um, you, you, I mean, you get the, the, the actual individual Bob Lazar. I mean, somebody that's actually able to put a fucking rocket engine on the back of a fucking Honda, 70s Honda Civic or whatever. And... You know, he, he's into these types of things. Like, he's aware of those type of things. This isn't your average individual. Kind of speaks to the person that maybe Area 51 was looking at. Because I live, I'm trying to live in these two different worlds. One world where I'm thinking, okay, Bob Lazar is a liar. Okay. Yeah. And that aspect, like, he's just making up a lot of stuff. But a lot of this stuff later on would become true. I believe there was a, a video where he actually went to Los Alamos where he was going through, he knew the guard there, he knew where specific, you know, places were at. Now, Los Alamos isn't like this, you know, open facility like your local Target or Walmart or whatnot, but he actually knew a lot of stuff that actually ended up being true. A lot of stuff at, you know, Groom Lake or Area 51 or S4, as he he called it, ended up being true. Now, some people would debunk this by saying, Oh, this was stuff that was already public knowledge, like that the the scanner that you know read you know the yes, bones the, in the, your the hand. Bone length, yeah. Uh, but there a lot of other technology that was coming out, you know, later later on. Like, how would he know this? This is a world before the internet. So I kind of want to give the devil his due and live in the world where maybe he was telling the truth about what he saw, because he also said that he saw nine alien aircrafts that were being reverse engineered, and you know you know check out the Joe Rogan. Um, episode that he does his interview on and it'll give you more detail about it but basically there was uh, nine aircrafts that he were there were stereotypical 
um, you know, flying saucers, basically. And, okay, let's live in a world where, okay, what if what he's saying is true? And what if he's saying, what if he saw was actually alien technology? That's crazy as fuck. That's the sexy answer. But here's the thing that I want, the, the point I'm trying to make is, what if what, everything that he saw was correct? Element 151 or 115, they, that's actually something that was that was synthesized. It's called Muscovium, I want to say. Yeah, Muscovium. Yeah. Name for, no, uh, Moscovian before Moscow, Russia, because it was a Russian-U.S. Correct. Uh, uh, thing. Oh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're correct. <laughs> it was a fucking, uh, I appreciate your validation. Yeah. Uh, it was a Russian-U.S. Uh, uh, fucking um, uh, joint effort to make mm-hmm. that. Which I think is suspicious as well. Yeah, it's something that was synthesized publicly yeah. by the Russians and the United States. Okay, what if this was already synthesized before Bob got there? And you hear a lot of stories. Okay, so what I'm trying to say is, you hear a lot of stories of individuals that are being vetted to work at Area 51, government um, agents, um, actual CIA, you know agents uh fbi agents air force workers and whatnot and you know even you know your general custodians you know they get vetted and you hear stories about how they they sent them through like a hazing basically where they test your allegiance and you know it goes all the way from you know this is a straight up just like fucking human crimes mm-hmm. um crimes against humanity or whatnot and what if i'm i'm what i'm thinking in my mind okay what if he did see was real and what if this was just Soviet technology and maybe they were just testing his or what, what if it was U.S. technology, but maybe they were just testing his allegiance, trying to see how how uh, well he would be able to keep a secret. Well, I will say this. I do know one of the other things that is absolutely proven true is that uh, Lazar did live in Los Alamos and he did have a film processing business out there because they're trying to build a community. And he did know a lot of people mm-hmm. in that area because he processed all of their film mm-hmm. because they all came through his his fucking shop. Um, but like I was saying at the, earlier, um, the, uh, the 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 car that he came through with this engine that was attached <laughs> yeah. to it, right, with George Knapp. Okay, so that this is kind of where he kind of comes to fame. Um, he claims that it, at the time he claimed that it was alien technology from Area Fifty One, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's actually known as a uh, Glorhof pressure jet engine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's this big, bulky thing, noisy as hell. Um, and Glorhof. Oh, um, his car? Yeah, the car. The in- not, not the car, but yeah, the, the, engine. the engine. The engine, yeah. right? Okay. And so it does kind of levitate, sort of, but that's because there's just this big, burly fucking engine like mm-hmm. pushing against it. Um, the thrust of it, basically. Yeah, exactly. Um, Glorhof, or whatever the fuck it is, um, it's known. It's it's basically in the early in like the 1950s version of Scientific American that this guy had created this uh, um, uh, fucking engine back in like the 60s or something like that, and that this was in the San Fernando Valley where Bob Lazar grew up, and that they were actually acquaintances with one another. So this is technology that he brought from L.A. Okay, and that he put on his fucking car and sold it at the time. Whether he's regardless of what he's calling it now. At that time, he was selling it as this is Area Fifty One, this is alien technology, mm-hmm. and this is thrust thrust from a, 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 a an alien a, a alien spacecraft. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, we know it's actually an engine that was created by a dude that he knew when he was growing up. Um, and plus, we all know watching Captain Marvel, all the aliens are Edwards Air Force Base anyway. <laughs> uh, by the way, real quick, real quick, geekly distractions. Alex, love you. Great podcast. 
Um, Marvel, uh, Captain Marvel takes place in South California, not Louisiana. That is not L.A., Louisiana. That's L.A., Los Angeles. Yeah. And they are, and uh, she is driving past Rosemond, which is basically Avenue A, north of uh, Palmdale, Lancaster, driving down Rosemond, driving down Avenue A to get to Edwards Air Force Base in there. So I just had, that's kind of bugged me. I'm sorry. But Alex, you're great. Love you. Uh, fantastic stuff. Shout out to them. But anyway, um, so he's, uh, the whole uh, issue with Element 115, um, this is something that was synthesized in the early 2000s. He's claiming that he's got, you know, vials of this shit. Uh, in yeah. in the in the in the eighties, he has vials of it. Meanwhile, between the year uh, between the years of I think two thousand one to the present day, literally fifty atoms have been created of this stuff. And only atoms, that, not 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 vials, not not like mm-hmm. fifty atoms is is not going to be enough to be perceptible. And by not the human only that, eye, you know they don't I mean? last that long. No, either. they do not. Yeah, so you can't keep it for that. It's not like something you, like 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 a carton of milk or whatever. Like it's gonna it's, it's gonna have an expiration date yeah. way shorter than that. Yeah, yeah. You know? It's it's gonna be something that that is so highly unstable. And mm-hmm. even if it is, like if you look at the, the the physics of it and the way that it should work relative to everything else on the periodic table, because Everything on the periodic table does work the same relative to one another. If you're looking at the same groupings at the same type, you know, whatnot, um, it's not going to have the same properties that he's claiming that it has when he's fucking uh, saying that he's got all of this crazy technology. I do believe that he had and for because, again, he he has. Excuse me. He's an intelligent individual. Um, you know, he, he's someone that does have a, a background in uh, uh, engineering. It's not like a master's in MIT, at least not proven. Yeah, I, but I he guess, does at the very least have I guess he did get education in Pierce College, yeah, Community uh-huh, College or yes. whatever in L.A. And I'll tell you right now, you know, me and me and my buddies when I was growing up um, in high school, we had a robotics club. And a couple of buddies of mine that were very engineering based, they they made little battle bots that we mm-hmm. fucked around with just on this, not even in the club, but on the side. Uh, that we fucked around with in the uh, in the parking lots, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We went to the we went to the Home Depot, got a bunch of PVC pipe, we got our hands on an air compressor, and we made a badass fucking potato uh, gun that was shooting off fucking glow sticks, you know, <laughs> uh, three quarters of a mile down the road mm. because we were bored one day, you know what I mean? And that 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 was one dude. I mean, Intense. granted, that's not quite as sophisticated as what he is doing, mm. but it's not something, you know, what what was it? Just last week we were talking about these, you know, various savants and whatnot, people that just their mind is just wired differently. And so yeah. I don't doubt that he is a highly intelligent individual. In one direction. I don't doubt that this dude can figure out how to he how to spin the technology a certain way. He knows how it works, but he also knows I understand this works but they don't, so I can tell them this much is alien. Um, we know that he's at least enough, he, he knows at least enough to make illegal fireworks from so scratch. So, they, are you saying that he's telling the public? George or? Knapp. George Knapp and oh, anyone okay. else that will listen. Because the government was telling, or the, the agents in Area 51 or S4 or whatever, they were telling him, this is alien technology, and he was talking about in the Rogan thing that he was like, this is stuff that I've never seen before. Well, see, like, he was talking about the anti-gravity propulsion, how... Um, the way that these these aircrafts would move is it would the bottom would whatever direction that it was wanting to go in it would point to that direction say it wanted to go east the bottom would go up and then the anti gravity stability thing in the middle <laughs> I don't know I can't say it it would like propel it over there and it would make no noise basically and have no exhaust. basically what he said in, in it was that it wasn't that the actual whatever the the spaceship was was not moving. Mm-hmm. 
It was that it was finding wherever it wanted to go, grabbed it, and pulled it to the spacecraft. Mm-hmm. Um, which in Star Trek, uh, depending on who you talk to, is how a hydro- hyperdrive would work. But <laughs> neither here nor there. Um, and I'm so glad you said that because, I mean, none of this can be proven. But a lot of people would be like, oh, he got this from you know this movie. He got it from this movie. He right. got it from Star Trek. And it kind of reminds me there's also a documentary on HBO where – have you heard about that um, that girl who had the boyfriend that she kept you know egging him on to commit suicide? That was yes, 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 yes. And so, like, they were talking. They watched that documentary. It's really um, fascinating, but it relates to Bob Lazar because she would quote these movies, these like rom com movies, or yeah. these you know highly dramatic you know MTV Lifetime <laughs> movies or whatever, and you know quote these movies in regards to that situation and it kind of seems like the same thing with bob lazar like he's like so inspired by you know stargate sg1 or right. fucking star trek or whatever that he's just regurgitating this information i'm thinking maybe okay yeah because i guess he was found to actually worked at los alamos he worked in los alamos he had a film processing processing but kiosk, I guess there basically. was something there that, that proved that he was there, like a phone directory. There was there was a Robert Lazar in a phone book mm-hmm. that did not prove that he he was the Robert Lazar. No okay. one no one actually called the number and talked to whoever was on the other side. But I guess like too, like he knew people there, like when they I guess, well, because he lived in Los Alamos in a phone process. He talked to everybody, but he knew like the facility though. Like he he was able to show where certain well stuff because a lot of people like had loose gums. You know what I mean? Like, I remember when I worked at Target, like, I had people looking at my pictures that were turning, and I was not very comfortable with that, so I stopped doing that. You know what I mean? But, like, <laughs> but there are people that, like, you, especially at that time, you know, if if in Los Alamos, there's not a lot of people that you go to, and this is the one, you know, he was in a position where he's intelligent. He knows what he's, he, he, he understands mechanical structure. You know, he understands, uh, and he understands how to play people mm-hmm. enough Um to both be charismatic to George Knapp or Joe Rogan or whoever the fuck uh, uh, on the, uh, not literary, but journalistic side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also able to manipulate women and be a pimp and get that stuff kind of organized. Which and, is you know what I mean? I do agree with you on that. So like every time you hear him talk, he sounds super smart. Yeah. And I think that it's easy to buy into it. I think it's easy to, to, to he, believe everything he's saying. But at the same time, it's like, there's very little proof that he was there. And even if he was there, there's no real proof that he was at Area 51. And I feel like... There, there's proof that he was in the area. Yeah, there's proof that he was yeah. in the area. but Like I, like, hard, like hard proof. There's a lot of circumstantial proof that he was and, part and the thing of it. I feel like if the government... If he knew things, like if he actually had seen things like that, he, I think the government would have like had him killed in like a car accident or some suicide attempt like we wouldn't hear from it and that's what i kind of think too as well like i'm not saying that what well, he he actually saw everything that he said i don't know i wasn't there yeah. so i can't live in definite well, this, world this whole thing but, is, like we should start this whole episode by being like allegedly because most of this is like that's allegedly true. that's true but um with that though like maybe they were like okay here we have this highly intelligent individual let's vet him by showing him some stuff like what if it was just all fake stuff that they had and, there? And you know yeah. what's funny about that? Like I've thought like what if you know we brought in a scientist because he's not a top-notch scientist. He's smart. He's really smart, but he's not like some Albert Einstein level scientist. It's not Tekken. He's not Tekken. Yeah. So like, <laughs> what if you know we wanted to fly these like very foreign-looking, alien-looking ships 
and to fly them over a foreign country to like maybe freak them out maybe mm-hmm. like and if they crash then they won't be able to reverse engineer them how do we know that let's get a scientist that knows nothing about this and have them reverse engineer it see if you can figure it out yeah that's what i yeah, yeah that's what and, i'm thinking too and that's always where I, where i felt like you know if his story were true i think it's closer to that because i think if they and not to say i don't believe in aliens or anything mm-hmm. like extraterrestrial life or some other interdimensional beings um because i do actually but um i don't believe that if somebody were shown that information they wouldn't be on the fucking joe rogan podcast and have a netflix movie coming out right mm-hmm. now and all this shit yeah the and government so would have them like oh yeah out. i think and, you would die in a car accident and there was i mean you look at all the people that like are surrounded by hillary clinton yeah the, the, yeah. the yeah. clinton body count yeah yeah and, and you look at that and then to me i think it's just like okay maybe they were just testing them because this place is you know a secret place no matter what you think is going on there or not going on there it's a very secretive place like planes and yeah. any student craft they're directly advised not to fly over it don't even get close to it or to you will be 51? shot yeah you yeah, will yeah, be shot down and you know that leads to speculation now with him maybe they were like okay let's vet this individual to see if you know he would be a good fit for what art was talking about to say okay it's going to be a disinformation campaign because most of this is with the cia they that's what they specialize in is disinformation campaigns uh there's a theory out there too that you know the whole a you know the roswell thing it's all just a ruse you know, in the spectrum of, you know, the Soviets versus the United States. Just trying to keep everyone on their toes. and Yeah, and yeah. trying to scare the Soviets like, oh, shoot, we might have alien technology, like, you know, and it forces them to, like, rush their technology. And basically what ended up happening is, you know, the Soviet Union ended up bankrupting itself trying to keep up with the United States. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's maybe it's one of those things, like, it's a disinformation campaign, and, like, you nailed on the head. That's what I was thinking, too. It was just like, Oh, let's just get this, you know, this smart individual in here to see if he can reverse engineer these quote unquote uh, alien aircrafts. Yeah, I, I mean, know one of the big, one of the biggest things, like absolute tangible proof uh, about the dis- the uh, uh, um, disinformation, the the uh, just trying to get him, you know, uh, what's it? oh fuck, I can't think of it. Um, one of the biggest pieces of proof in his favor, quote unquote, is the fact that the FBI did raid his home mm-hmm. at one point. Um, but to that end, I do also want to point out that he is a known pimp, and he is a no, he is no, is, but no, and he's also known. But do you think that for, might have been a smear well, pimp no, campaign? But he's also and he's also known for uh, uh, hosting events where he's teaching people to, to build homemade up. rockets yeah. and fucking uh, uh, jet propelled explosive devices and all sorts of like that might be something that might get you on a list you know and that I mean? also too is how he got in trouble because that's how he got found out or basically kicked out you know from area 51 is because he was bringing friends you know to the area like when they would have test flights uh, he would bring them out to you know hey wednesday night they're gonna have this test and then you they watch all these lights in the sky and whatnot and then you know eventually those guys in the white jeeps <laughs> would come out and you know they you know they accosted him and that's when all that happened and you know you were talking about okay the um oh sorry i had a burp you know they were talking about how the fbi raided him and you know they you said that you know hey he was running a pimp or he's running a prostitution ring or whatever it was it was a full-blown prostitution maybe it was a smear campaign because it it, it, because he's out there you know talking to george knapp he's out there talking to 2020 he's out there talking to hard copy and whatnot well, and the government he, doesn't want the, that information out there that we have this guy talking, whistleblowing basically, 
and this is supposed to be a secret facility. Yeah, but he's also like driving out to Area 51 with his homies and like mm-hmm. fucking videotaping. This is like borderline illegal thing. You're trespassing. Yeah, exactly. So like, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think that. But is that? I don't, I don't think that's the best thing to get murdered over. But I think they would. That is not worth murdering someone over. But like but worth it, like snaring their reputation. But it is showing up yeah. to their house and like scaring the shit out of them. Yeah, exactly. So like, I do feel like. Yeah, of course. If you're trespassing in Area 51, if you're showing up and you can't stop talking about it, and like, um, yeah, yeah, we're gonna harass the shit yeah. out of you. I, yeah. I, I find him very hard to believe. I, I do. I think he's a very intelligent and very charismatic, charismatic, charismatic man that knows how to turn down the charisma enough to make it seem like he's not, like he's not flexing. You know I listened mean? to that Joe Rogan episode with him on there, and I was like, it's interesting. It you is a really interesting episode, and I was like, but you remember when you? Sh- I remember you told me about that that higher side chat episode over when they did pizza gate and i was like oh my god this is all real and then like it sounded really like legit until i did like 10 minutes of research and i was like oh wait like this guy doesn't know what he's talking about that's that's how i kind of felt in a way about that documentary on netflix Mm -hmm. it was like it was so close on getting you on his side but the documentary as a whole was just so cheesy and so like it was just like fuck this can't like there's a, there's enough in it that like if you were just given everything straight like wow this is really something but that bit of cheese is enough to it's not like oh my god this it can't be right it loses its credibility it's, it, it, it's not even just that not even so much like oh my god this is so cheesy it can't be right but it's so cheesy that it kind of keeps your one foot in reality and you're like oh I'm watching some shit about a crackpot yeah no if you really think about it this doesn't make sense you know what I mean like well Bob Lazar whatever your opinion is he that that let it be but anyways <laughs> i kind of want to move on a little bit um the legal status of area 51 is, is off limits to all civilians so every civilian um unless you know you're a vetted government contractor and most military um individuals as well is off limits to them as well so you have to get specific permission to be there in the first place so it's even people in the cia they they were talking about that as well like hey i i know people that work there that don't even know what's going on there as well like i've been like there was one cia agent that said i was actually there at groom lake and i still want to be able to tell you what was going on there like in all truthfulness i don't know what was going on so it's very compartmentalized so they might have brought him to the front desk or to the vending machine in the back but there's still like underground bunkers and all sorts of stuff as well too so because isn't it funny how like Area 51 is kind of like you know people talk about how the moon landing can be fake, mm-hmm. but it's like how can you have a project so big and like information doesn't get out? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like nothing really gets out of Area 51 unless mm-hmm. the government wants you to know about it. Yeah, like hey, just saying if you want to know how how something like that can get faked. And then that's the other thing about Area 51. A lot of people think that the moon landing was actually filmed in Area yeah, 51. Yeah, that was one of the that's, conspiracies. That's, that's, that's one of the things that I, I have a hard time rectifying. This idea that, you know, we had to have faked the moon landing at, you know, roughly 15 or so years that we were discovering anti-gravitational devices that's mm-hmm. alien technology. Like, some of these things don't quite line up. You know what I'm saying? Another thing, too, is... Um, oh, shit. Another thing. You're thinking of a number. <laughs> it's seven. No. <laughs> another thing with that too, though, is that um, and uh, one of another podcast I was listening to, like they were talking about th- th- these secrets, like th- these secrets that would have to carry over a hundred years, yeah. and nobody except Bob Lazar is saying anything, and then the stuff that's actually coming out, it actually makes sense. Okay, 
Why would it be secret? Is because we don't want the Soviets or the Chinese or the North Koreans or the Iranians to know about this stuff. So it makes sense. Or even sense. its own public. Like, it's not like yeah. we know about it. Exactly. Like, you don't want, you know, every. I said this too, like when we were being interviewed by that CW show. Yeah, there's certain secrets that I want the government to keep. I want them to have an ace up their sleeve. You know, in case, you know, North Korea tries to, you know, start some shit with us. In case, you know, China tries to start some shit with us. I want to be able to be, like, taken from left field, like, oh, shit, we had that? I want that. That's that sense of security. So, I mean, yeah, I I want those secrets. And for those secrets not to leak out, I mean, the government is the biggest employer in the whole nation. And you mean to tell me that every single person keeps their mouth shut? We can't even keep secret the fucking ending to fucking Avengers Endgame. Nonetheless, like fucking, you know, a secret about fucking alien technology. Rest in peace, Peter Parker. (laughs) So, I mean, to me, like, yeah, that kind of sounds a little horse horse shit as well. But one thing I I will say, though, too. Wait, what does that they can't keep? That, that, that there's going to be this secret that's carried over for a hundred years, and yeah, that that in in the course of because that's going to be something that's going to get it's going to if nothing else it's going to get changed from analog to digital to you know other people are going to have Records, to see it it's yeah. going to have to you know and there's so much turnover within yeah. the government too like let's say somebody just serves one term let's say that's a four year term or a six years term. And then somebody else has to get this information. And then somebody else gets that information. You mean to tell me that none of these people are going to talk? And of all of those people, everyone at the top that, you know, are termed in and out, to all the people that worked in the room, you know, they they, mm-hmm. they were in the room where it happened. And Bob Lazar is the one guy that got to George Knapp. And George Knapp was the one guy that got to, you know, it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that kind of... That kind of makes me get skeptical hippo-wise on that. But another thing, too, is in 1994, um, to, to speak with the secrecy of this, 1994, five um, unnamed civilian contractors and the widows for two other civilian contractors sued the Air Force and the EPA, um, citing that you know they were getting chemical poisoning um, from you know a lot of chemicals that were being burned at Area 51. Yeah. I guess since, since it, like you were saying earlier in the podcast, since this is a remote location, you know, that's near Las Vegas. They don't they don't necessarily have the city dump coming and taking away all the right. trash. What happens is they have, you know, these holes in the ground and they just basically burn whatever trash or, you know, uh, waste that they have. And so I guess a lot of, you know, civilian contractors, you know, would take this waste, take it to these, you know, burn holes. And they were inhaling these fumes. You were talking about, you know, uh, paints and um, anti-radar um, yep. coatings that they, they were burning in these holes or allegedly burning in these holes, and these contractors are breathing this. You know, not only the contractors, but the employees that are working there, the the Army officials, the CIA officials, they're breathing all this this toxic shit in the air. And I believe one of the people that they did an autopsy on, uh, they said that, you know, he wasn't a smoker, you know, he was a fairly healthy individual. He right. was, motherfucker was in the fucking Marines. Um they they opened up his lungs and he had the lungs of an eighty year old smoker. They were thinking they were saying think George Burns, yeah, hundred year old George Burns who smoked a cigar every day, and they sued the government and it went all the way up to the Supreme Court and at every level, you know they were trying to get um, the government to declassify. Okay, what were these chemicals that these individuals were inhaling? And at every level, they were saying no, we can't release that information. There's a special provision. Yep that the government has to keep secret because it's for the better good of the nation to keep all this information secret. And it got all the way up to one court, I believe the Ninth Circuit, and that judge was about to overturn it. 
and then Bill Clinton. This was the first time a sitting president had acknowledged this area. Uh-huh. And he didn't call it by Area 51, but he said, no, Groom Lake, we're going to keep you know their secret secret. And then I guess every year, annually, every sitting president had to has had to extend that provision of secrecy to Groom Lake slash Area Fifty One. Yeah. They don't want they don't want us to know. Like Jacob said, the secrets that the secrets that we would kind of want them to have. They don't want us to know that any given moment we could have two giant bald eagles carry Godzilla and drop Godzilla on top of North Korea. Exactly. Um, but very the very true. the very first president that actually fucking. Um, acknowledged uh, area 51 as area 51 was president obama yeah yeah so. and, and and area 51 i mean for all of this talk about it for all of these years it had it was officially declassified in the aughts you know what mm-hmm. i mean like it was accepted like it, it was one of those kind of you know no there's not an area 51 wink you know what i mean and but, then you would see those documents too because i guess um a lot of people would, you know, ask the government with the Freedom of Information Act, hey, what what's really in Area 51? Like like I was saying with that pilot that called into Coast to Coast AM, like yeah. we have a right to know what's going on over there. Um, they would say, hey, there is an Air Force base near Groom Lake, but there is no Area 51 because officially it's not called Area 51. Right. It's called right. Homie Airport. Right. <laughs> or Groom yeah, Lake. Yeah. We, you can't just because some local colloquialism does not, you know, mm-hmm. uh, an official name make. You know what I mean? That's yeah, yeah. It's a nickname basically, and yeah. so the only time they officially named or acknowledged it as Area Fifty One was with Obama. But he was telling it as a joke. I believe it was like the press correspondence. Yeah, it was something like, like which which I I also heard a lot of that. It was kind of like that was this that was the safe way of doing it because mm-hmm. you know he could say yeah it, we have Area Fifty One America. I want to tell you that there is aliens underground. That we have kept hostage, and we have a secret agreement with them that if they give us the technology, we will not release alien tech uh, secrets to the world. Meanwhile, the next day, Mr. President, you're going to say this? No, 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 no. It was at the press <laughs> corps. I was making a joke. That was the wrong president. <laughs> That's the current one. Anyways. Anyways, kind of just to wrap this episode up, because I'm tired. I'm a little stressed out over fucking what was going on. 2007. 2007, um, again, when you look in the Jepson uh, database and the call signs that pop up, you know, under radar when, you know, planes are in the air and whatnot, you see the call signs like LAX or, you know, here in town would be BKX or whatnot. That's what shows up in the radar of what, you know, airport is in, you know, the vicinity. So I guess in 2007, the call sign for KXTA popped up for area 51 <laughs> so it is now officially in the jepson database call sign as kxta and all student pilots all commercial pilots are advised not to fly within that airspace without having a risk of being shot out of the air there's that something there. sucks <laughs> thank you art appreciate that <laughs> your apathy once again it's gold it's pure gold anyways um Art touched on it. Um, the moon landing, that was a couple of the conspiracies as well. The moon landing uh, was filmed there by Stanley Kubrick. Yep. Um, they are developing time travel tech with the manipulation of gravity. Yep. Um, I guess DARPA is out there as well, um, trying to control the weather. Um, they're working on secret chemicals. Uh, this is actually where they build all those black helicopters that you see with cattle mm-hmm. mutilations and you know Skinwalker Ranch. Um, they actually have underground under those mines that I was talking to you about. Um, they have 
you know, alien bodies and they actually have alien jail cells down yep. there pro- apparently. So, um, also too, they have, uh, I, I don't know where this number came from, but every fucking conspiracy site says this, they have 116 alien aircrafts there as Ooh. well that they are keeping in under S four. And then there's also a rumor that this, like the Denver airport, the majestic 12, which is basically the NWO oh, yeah, yeah. is stationed there as well. Yeah. Which is, yeah, yeah, and that's totally possible. I mean, that's that's as plausible as anything else that you know. I guess, and and I'd want to think that the, the Majestic Twelve, the NWO, I think I'd want to think they have more than one headquarters. You know what I mean? Fucking <laughs> think about Amazon. They're trying to get a spot in Brooklyn too. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Fucking. And then, like what we talked with um, the thirty seventh parallel, I guess there's a lot of underground yes. railroads that go from there to. <laughs> <laughs> the Denver airport to New Mexico to Washington D.C. to the what's that restaurant that uh, ping pong pizza uh, um, Comet Ping Pong yeah uh, yeah that one. yeah there's George Soros has his own underground lair that leads to Area 51 from there as well so I don't know guys I am tired I have been thoroughly put through the ring <laughs> this episode so I I just okay officially officially. Does Area 51 exist? And officially, is there any sort, any sort? I don't care if it, if we're talking about they're doing, they're pulling other areas to themselves, or is it just oh something fell out of the sky? Are they doing extraterrestrial experimentation in Area 51? Well, Two separate questions. Uh, it definitely does exist. I mean, there's yeah. something there. Okay. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think that definitely you want to keep your secrets, but I think it's so public knowledge. That I think if we did have a, a like super underground government base, we wouldn't know about it mm-hmm. even by today's standards. We would probably have like some deleted little island that we just deleted in the sense that satellites would delete it, like it mm-hmm. wouldn't be on. Because you can look it up. You can look up Area Fifty One on Amazon. There's some, or not Amazon, on Google, Google Earth. <laughs> and that's the um, crazy thing yeah. too is that um, for a while, like all the satellites that were government owned would have like some old picture from like the 1930s, you know, before anything was built there. I bet it wasn't until like you know Google started you know shooting their own satellites up there that you were able to get satellite pictures of it. Yeah, yeah I think if I think if there was some super underground base, we wouldn't know about it. I feel like this is, almost feels like more of a distraction. I'm not saying that there's not super experimental aircrafts that happen there, and because I, I definitely do believe that. I think that there's some crazy shit going on there, but I think that there's probably even more secret bases than just the Area 51. That's how I feel about it. Jacob, what do you think? Yeah, like Art said, it definitely exists. I mean, it's a physical place that does exist. I mean, people go up that danger zone highway. (laughs) (laughs) or or, (laughs) And, you know, you you see, you know, the perimeter. There's people in these white Jeeps with guns that will shoot you once you get past their borders. So, I mean, there is definitely something there. Yeah. What that something is, I can't say for sure. I'm not going to live in one place or another that it's alien or non-alien or whatnot but what i personally think it is you know from conversations that you know i've had with my grandfather who was an air force mechanic you know that worked for skunk works that worked with lockheed and all these places that you know it's basically you know technology that we were developing during the cold war and moving forward you know there's a lot of technology that we used you know in afghanistan and iraq that came from that area so i mean i believe it's it's more or less um the government's 
industrial complex, basically yeah. industrial military complex. Uh, one of their one of their locations, one yeah. of their key locations. And why not? It's in the middle of the desert. One of the things that I was talking about or going through in my head was is you know the russians you know all of their secret bases are you know deep within you know siberia all these like super cold places what what are you going to do to combat that you know or have you know comparable to that here in the united states you know you're not going to have it in malibu you know your secret compound in malibu you're not going to have it you know in miami florida or georgia or you know upstate new york or the cornfields in nebraska no you're going to put it in the hottest place in the United States, which is, you know, near the Death Valley in fucking Nevada desert. And, you know, you're going to have these people that are from Siberia with this thick blood that is only used to, um, you know, <laughs> 70 degrees is, you know, blistering hot for them. Are they, are they going to be able to survive to find, you know, this technology in a place that gets, you know, regularly 120 degrees, yeah. you know, in May, you yeah. know? So, I mean, it only makes sense for the government strategically to put their secret bases there because you got these people from Siberia with their thick blood coming over to the desert. Oh, they're going to fucking die just trying to fucking take pictures of the place. Um, I think it is. It, it definitely is a real place. It definitely is. You know, um, there's definitely guards. There's definitely, you know, people that are going to watch you coming in, um, try to stop you from coming in uh, unauthorized. Uh, same thing exists at Edwards Air Force Base. There are roadblocks on all the main roads going mm-hmm. to Edwards Air Force Base, and you know guards. Same thing at China Lake. You know, what I mean, those are, and those are both here in Kern County. Those are the ones that I'm aware of mm-hmm. um, that I've had some f- sort of firsthand experience with myself uh, going there. Um, honestly, like you said, Art, I think if anything, it'd be a distraction because even if it doesn't, whether it does or does not get stormed on September 20th. Uh, it's still a place that lives within pop culture, that has lived within pop culture well before it uh, became officially known. Um, it is something that, you know, Nap and Lazar and, you know, uh, Big Daddy Lazar, you know, Big Pimp and Lazar fucking uh, made known, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I feel like it's something that you just got to be aware, especially as, as technology outside of, you know, the super secret world has gotten uh, more prevalent, you know, drones and fantastic cameras and satellites and hacking and all this other shit, um, it would be foolish to have extra sensitive stuff somewhere that, uh, well, fuck, somewhere that the three of us here in Bakersfield can make a podcast about because that's how popular the location is. You know what I mean? Like, it's just dumb to have fucking uh, uh, ultra-sensitive material there. You know what I mean? Maybe at one point it was... Um, I don't doubt it for a second, um, but I think at this point where we're at now in, in our history, it's uh, it might as well be a museum. Mm-hmm. Either that or I'm a plant, and I just want all the listeners to think that. I still think Ooh. there's still something. <laughs> I think there's still some like super like, experimental aircrafts going on there. We talked about when, when we did the um, Phoenix Lights. Phoenix Lights, we talked about how like drone technology really wasn't a thing back then. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it could have been something that they were experimenting with back then. Yeah. Back in, I mean, like, 97. No, ni- in 1962, they actually had um, drones that they were playing with. And that's what that was the progression after they had the F-12 or whatever it was called, the A-12 or whatnot. Like, after the supersonic plane, they couldn't get any more faster than that. That was the fastest plane, yeah. you know, after the Blackbird. And they couldn't get any faster than that. So what was the next thing they could do? An unmanned aircraft, which they were messing with in 1962 at Groom Lake. So, yeah, they were messing with drones since the 60s. Drone technology has been around since Hitler's era. 
So, I mean, that's something that was there. And then when people talk about all oh, these these lights in the sky, I, I will reference, you know, the Metallica concert that I went to where the Moth into the Flames, when oh, they're playing that, yeah, yeah. like they had all these tiny little drones. We're talking about a band that formed in 1982. Fast forward to 2018. They have these little drones just flying around, you know, Kurt Hammett blasting through a solo that is moving in unison similar to UFOs. You mean to tell me that the government didn't have that technology 40 years prior? Because everything that we have now, you know, the military had it before, way before we did. The ID cards, the, the, the little um, RFI chips that are in your yeah. credit cards right now, yeah. the government was using that back in the 60s. My grandpa, to reference my grandpa again, that was a part of his military uh-huh. ID was that. And that only now became into commercial use in like what, 2015, 2016? So, I mean, yeah, drones probably were tested out there in Area 51, so... All right. Oh, that's, yeah, that's a, yeah, <laughs> sure. So on that note, damn, we're, we are tired. I mean, I, if you guys only for, knew, if you guys only knew how fucking frustrating it was yeah. to record this episode, so many things went wrong. For you longtime listeners, though, every time you heard that jingle, you know what that was. You know what that jingle we was. We haven't heard that jingle in a while. No, no, but this was a good episode. You know what I mean? So yeah. long-time listeners know what that was. Glad we got this one out the way, guys, because <laughs> I'm sick of the government fucking with me when I'm trying to fucking record a podcast. So with that said, Eric, you want to hit the... hit. Give us the, oh fuck I can't even talk right now you know I'm so I'll worked up. It's okay I got this I got this I got this. <laughs> I'm hungry I'm tired. <laughs> got an alien probe up my butt. All right so oh shit is that what that you are sitting up a little bit straighter than normal today I will tell you what man I, I, that disc has been unslipped. Oh there it is. Anyway all right so now on that note thank you all for listening please go to Facebook join the Art and Jacob Do America uh, Facebook group like the Art and Jacob Do America Facebook page you know what I mean leave suggestions uh, join the conversation check out some of the memes add your own memes don't be a douche just you know we all love each other all the cacahuates here we're all in this together you know what I mean and I mean realistically the three of us we're cacahuates too we're just a little bit better than the rest of you so it's true. keep going out there you know what I mean enjoy all that stuff once you're done with that then you can find all of us on Instagram. You can find Art over here at Robots vs. Robots. That's Robots versus Robots. That is correct. Uh, Jacob over here has his own personal account, but don't listen to him. You might get him in trouble with the government. So right. go to Art and Jacob Do America on Instagram. And then you can find me at E.B. Castillo the First. That is with the number one E.B. as in Ben Castillo the First. Um, once you're done checking us out individually. Oh, I'm also at E.B. Castillo 2. Um, Jacob over here said the second one a while ago. One of the episodes I wasn't on. Um, but it's two. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I want you to know what that you can check out this video right here. And yes, I know that all of you listeners of my sultry, sultry voice are listening to this right now. But there is also an, a visual format to this, and it is on YouTube, YouTube Live. We do this pretty much every time that uh, we record these. YouTube. I'll tell you what, watch those videos because it takes a lot of fucking work to put those <laughs> videos together because I have to run them through like six th- different filters so it doesn't look all choppy and Eric's voice doesn't look like he's in the movie of Godzilla. So, <laughs> um, yeah, b- please watch those, please, because I just put a lot of work into them. And I'm starting to put little cute graphics at the beginning of them, too. So. You can you can see what kind of beer we're drinking. You yeah. can see the American flag in the background. You can see uh, Art uh, jerking off every once in a while. <laughs> um, after, of course, Art and I play footsies. But YouTube... Uh, Art and Jacob do America and you can find all of our videos and you can watch us live when we record um, once you're done with that then you can go to your podcatcher of choice go to iTunes go to we're not on Stitcher fuck them they want a social security number yeah, but about you can, they really yep yep oh. they, uh, go to go to iTunes you can check out Spotify I use Pocket Cast whatever you know we are on Podbean whatever your podcatcher of choice is you can find Art and Jacob do America subscribe rate review 
let us know how we're doing. If you like it, let us know. If you hate it, let us know. And if, if your uh, hatred is warranted, you know, we might do something about it. And if it's not, fuck you. Suck my left nut. You're not good enough for the right one. After you're done checking out all of our stuff, then you can go to fightbackcbd.com. They are our number one sponsor. Um, they do fantastic CBD that is 100% organic, 100% THC free. It is 100% legal in the entire United States of America. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get this stuff shipped worldwide, except Canada. Sorry, guys told you about this stuff before it's not their fault it's yours whatever uh, it's made in the great state of texas small batch handmade and it is tested by a third-party lab they support fucking uh, uh brazilian jiu-jitsu athletes mma athletes they support professional wrestlers it's great for recovery they have daytime and nighttime formulas they have uh liquids they have uh vape cartridges uh and above all else they support us and you can use code america 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 at checkout to get 10% off and that will let them know that Art and Jacob do America's podcast featuring the original sexican, the good Dr. E.B. Castillo the first sent you their way and once you're done with that you can go over to uh, notdeadyetapparel.com E.B. Castillo at checkout 10% off they also support a lot of great fucking programs uh, and they you can get a lot of great athletic gear for jujitsu or just bomb ass t-shirts I'm wearing one of their t-shirts and one of their caps right now uh, E.B. Castillo at checkout for 10% off. They've been fantastic to me. And I, along with the rest of us, we don't really want to fuck with anything that we don't believe in. And so, not to get apparel, fight back CBD. Uh, the three of us, you know what I mean? We don't really fuck with each other. So, Art? Uh, tell your mommy boo boo too. I already <laughs> said that earlier in the podcast. Yeah, I know. You got to do that at the end, though. It's only oh, Yeah, it's only right, right. Yeah, tell your mommy boo boo too. Shout out Elizabeth Jackson. Shout out Elizabeth Warren. And with that said, guys, I am so glad to end this episode. Um, so, with that said, everybody, Have a good night. Please don't fly over Area 51. Don't storm it. Stay at home. Jack off. Do what you gotta do. (laughs) Let's stay. See you guys at some point, man. Love y'all. Be good good out there. (laughs) Be good out there. Again, let me tell you, Art, answer the wild card line. My boyfriend is in a small plane north of Las Vegas, ready to fly into Area 51. He's been trying to call you by cell phone. And uh, here he is. Uh, you're on the air. Hello. Hello there. Is this Art Bell? Yes, sir, it is. Yeah, my name, uh, I won't give you my last name. For okay, uh, wait, wait, wait a minute, sir. Hold on. The, the fax is signed by somebody named who? Jill. Jill. That is correct. So you are the one. That's my girlfriend. Uh, yes, sir. Where are you? Well, I'm up here from Fort Worth in my little airplane. It's a long sea I built myself. It's a Burt Root Tan design. But the Ford Canard, I'm not sure if you know the kind. It's an experimental aircraft. You know, I'm not... that, but not anymore. No, tell me about it. What kind of airplane is it? Well, it's a long, easy. It's got 120 horsepower, like homing in it, but we had it bored and stroked and fixed it up a little bit. It uh, usually flies around 140 to 160 indicated airspeed. I'm right now at 7,000 feet. You know where this place called Indian Springs is? Indian Springs, yes. Yeah. Well, I've been flying now for about 45, 49 minutes here, between Beatty, is that what you call it, and Engine Spring. And I figure I'll just uh, go on up here and uh, try to get into this Area 51. I'm right south of this Nevada test site, or Dallas Air Force Base. Listen. And I'm right outside this restricted zone. Listen to me. When you fly, uh, when you fly into that zone, yeah. they are going to either force you down or shoot you down. Don't you know that? 
Well, you know, I've been in a lot of Air Force bases, and I've been in the Air Force for many years. I'm an ex-Air Force, but I'm just going to tell you that, you know, uh, as American citizens, we have the right to know what's up there in this Area 51. And I've been listening to you boys talk about this. Hold on here, I'm making a turn. Amen. And I'm uh, and I'm going to go on up there and see what's going on. And I just wanted to let you know about that before I do that, don't you know? How long, um, how long do you estimate it's going to be before you? Um, I think about 14, 12, 14 minutes. I crank this baby up a little bit here. Let's do that. Let's crank this thing on up. We got some pretty good mountains here off to my uh, west, don't you know? I'm turning up north right now, and I can see. Uh, I can see the Air Force base out there in the distance. It's uh, got three runways. It looks like they're all lit up. And uh, A-shaped. It's like north-south. Got a lot of desert up here, don't you, boys? A lot of desert, yes. A lot of desert. Oh, uh, you're liable to get yourself killed. I'm sorry, sir. You have to speak so loud. I cranked this engine all the way up here. I, I said, I said you're liable to get yourself killed. Well, we'll get up there in a few minutes, yeah, and we're just going to see what's going to happen because this is a, I've, I've got a, a red crosses painted on this baby, and i got hospital on it, see? And maybe they're going to think that I'm on a, some kind of a mercy flight and I'm just off course. And I've got the radios cut off, so you can have radio failure, don't you know? And so uh, I'm going to hold this thing steady here about around 65, 68, feet. Why are you doing this? Why are you I'm doing this? I'm going to get to the bottom of this. I'm a American. Uh, my family has been American for years, and I want to get down in here, and I want to find out what's happening. All right, then why why are you doing it at night? Because that's the best way to get in here. But well, even if you manage, even if you manage to overfly the area, what I'm do you... I'm in the restricted zone. I just entered the restricted zone. I see a bunch of bikes out there. It's like some kind of a search light coming on. You're in the restricted zone now? I just crossed that restricted zone. I'm going to drop the thing down. Hold I'm telling here. you, you're going to get shot down. Hold on here now. I got my pressure suit on. I don't really need one of this kind of aircraft. It's not like a jet, but it helps us. When I make the tight turns here, and I'm going to cut down here. Now, let's see what these boys are going to do. I don't see anybody coming up here yet. I just see a bunch of lights. But uh, I'm pretty far from that Area 54, and I'd take about another eight, nine minutes here. And uh, it's hard to calculate right now trying to talk to you. I'm trailing an antenna out here about 30 feet so I can keep this phone conversation. If we get cut off, then... Uh, but I'm going to go up here and see what's going on. They say there's a bunch of UFOs, and there's all kind of things out here. And we're going to... I want to get this baby right down here about a thousand feet. And we're going to see if there's any UFOs or anything out here, what's going on. Listen, I think you're making a mistake. Well, sir, I might be, you know, but, uh, you know, our tax dollars pay for all this. And these boys, they've been hiding everything under all this black project and all this uh, great funding and all this kind of thing. Don't you think, don't you, sir, hold it, hold it, hold it. Don't you think that we have a right to national security secrets? Uh, I think we have, not really, because you know they have these uh, J-11 and J-15 satellites up there, and the Russians, they know what we're doing, and the Chinese, they've got satellites down here, that they know what's going on. The only thing they don't know what's going on is the common folk like me and you, and us common folk got a right to know, because we're funded all this. How long have you been planning this? I got this thing down here by a thousand years. I've been planning this thing now 
I'm right on the deck, next right on the deck. I'm at a thousand feet. Boy, they got my boat popping up everywhere. I'm telling you, they got search lasers, about four of them on him. And I've been planning this now for, oh, anywhere from a month to six weeks. It took me a while to paint up the plane. Because I had to use that Emron. Uh, the only thing but stick to this gel coat I got on this. This thing's built out of gel bar and carbon fiber. I got it dressed, AG positive, 10G snake, and it's overbuilt. I tell you what, I'm going to get down here and firm like a little frog that's been tipped on by big dogs when I get down here. In a few minutes here, I'll tell you that. Because I'm not going to... Hey, looks like there's an F-16 coming up here. I wouldn't be surprised. You're making hey, a mistake. There's somebody down there. He's got some afterburners on because I can see him. He's about five miles out. That old boy is cranking. Yes, oh. sir. And I see something opening up here on the ground. It's the... Uh, I'm pretty low now. I'm starting to pick up all kind of buildings down here. I see something here is level with the... with the ground. And this... They're opening this thing up. There looks like something's coming up out of that. I can't tell you what it is. It must be on some kind of a... Hold on here, I gotta, I gotta make this turn. Alright. I think this old boy's gonna head up here for me. I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, he's gonna be up here right directly, because he's in the F-16, sure as hell. He's coming to hold on here. I would advise you to turn hold your... Hold here. Please, we get to this. I would advise you to turn on your radio. Come on, baby. Come on, baby. Come on, baby, we can do this now. Come on here. Hold on, this old boy's coming up here. Now he's got his lights. He's got his lights on and he's flashing me. Yeah, he's probably. Right, I'm waving at him. No radio. No radio. No radio. He don't know that. Well, if I were you, I'd turn I it on. Most folks are listening to Art Bell because everybody listens to Art Bell. Well, so maybe if, if, if you're making. I gotta get the You're making a bad calculation because if they're not listening, you're going to be shot down. I don't know what he's going to do here. He's rocking his wings at me right now. This uh, he's rocking his wings and he's cutting in front of me. And you know this uh, oh, don't cut in front of me now, because if he cuts that cone, stay off. Stay off. He can use a vortex from his engine. I'm cracking with the engine. We're gonna just like twin tornadoes. If he gets too close, stay off, bro. Hold on there. I'm getting down on the deck. I'm going in. I'm getting down there. He ain't gonna get me. I'm that damn veteran. They ain't gonna get me there. They didn't get me over there. They're not gonna get me over here now. Looks like some kind of rail gun coming up out of that elevator, uh, that flat uh, area over there that the doors opened up. It's got some kind of a, a weird-looking barrel on it with a light. And, uh, oh, hell! They're doing something. They're shooting at me now. Oh, God! No, baby, I'm going in! I think I'm going in. I'm not sure what we just heard. All I can tell you is I got a fax that read Art, answer the wildcard line. My boyfriend is in a small plane north of Las Vegas and ready to fly into Area 51. He's been trying to call you by cell phone. I withheld the signature at the bottom of the fax so I could be sure 
that if I did get the person, I could verify it. Indeed, it was signed by Jill. 